Good morning. If you will turn in your Bibles to Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. I remember I was in college. It was my junior year, and I was sitting by a friend of mine named Jim. And uh, I had to, like, remember his name because we all called him Beaker at the time because he kind of looked like that guy from the Muppets, Beaker. Me, 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 me. Um, and I was sitting by Jim, we were waiting for class to start, and it was before spring break, and I just remember looking at him and saying, man, I, I wish it was spring break already. I'm so tired of this. I wish, it was, I wish it was spring break, and we were away from this for a while, had a little bit of a reprieve. He looked back at me and said, man, forget spring break. I wish it was summer. I mean, I'm, I'm ready for summer. Like, I'm just like to fast forward through it all, and I wish it was summer, and we were getting our big, long, extended break, and I'm like, man, if we're... We're going to go there. Like, I wish it was next summer because we'd be graduating and we'd be out of here. Like, let's go to next summer as fast as we can. He looked back at me and he goes, man, I wish I was 80 years old. <laughs> and it kind of, both of us just kind of stopped. I'm like, you know, that's kind of ridiculous, right? Like, we don't, why, why are we in such a hurry? Why, why are we so, like, just bent on trying to get through this thing as fast as we can possibly get through it? And we just take our time. But our culture doesn't really celebrate that. Our culture doesn't um, value strolling anymore. We are all on a fast pace. We are moving and we are running and we are from one place to the next. And we're busy, busy, busy people. And in the middle of that... God has a message for us, and it's a message of rest. And it's not just a message, it's a gift that God wants to give us. He wants to, he wants to remind us that we're called to rest. Now, if you've been with us or if you're just joining us, let me kind of recap. We're, we're working our way through the book of Genesis. We decided to go back to the beginning and the season of our church. And so we're working our way through, and we're doing this section by section. So we have this mini-series that we're in on creation right now. We talked about God creating everything in that first sermon in this, mess, this series. God created the world, the universe, everything. And then he created man in his image. He created him. And then last week we talked about this idea that God created work. And he did that before sin entered the world. So God gave us this gift of work and we need to change our perspective on it. Work is hard and difficult and it wears us out because of sin, because it's a fallen world. But God gave us this thing to do, a purpose for which to live, a task to accomplish before sin entered the world. And what, what, what we need to understand is that until we really appreciate that, until we really appreciate God's gift of work, it'll be really difficult to appreciate God's gift of rest. That you kind of have to understand both of those things. When you appreciate the fact that God has given you this task to do, this purpose in mind, to be fruitful, multiply, cultivate the earth, subdue the earth, then we can fully appreciate the gift of rest. So these two messages, last week's message on work and this message on rest and Sabbath, they go together. You really need both of them to understand the whole picture of what God is doing. But not only that, you, if you think about it in our culture, we need both those messages because we struggle on both sides of this fence. Some of us need that message because you need to work harder. 
Some of us need that message because we need to value work and we need to embrace it with a God-centered mindset that he gave us things to do, that we are joining in God's work and preserving creation and working towards restoring creation to back to the Garden of Eden. That's the whole goal of this. And so we need to have a higher view of work, and we, some of us need that. Some of us need to be a little tougher. And, and, and I worry sometimes about our generation that we're, we're slowly, every, every generation is just kind of slowly shifting away from a real value of hard work and a real understanding what that is. I, I, I haven't read too many stories about the greatest generation suffering from burnout. I just haven't, like those, it was just a couple generations ago that they understood how to work hard, sun up to sun down, and then they also understood how to rest and take breaks from it. That may be just as much the secret as just their view of work is that they also understood how to stop. But some of us, that's the message that we need to hear. Some of us need to embrace the value that God assigns to our work and to work with more diligence, to really try and, and seek out this, I wanna be the best fill in the blank that I can possibly be to bring glory to God, that our work is an act of worship. And then on the other side of this, what we're talking about today, some of us need that as well. And some of us are running so fast and we're so busy all the time that we need to be reminded that, that God has given us this thing called Sabbath, that God has given us this rest and we need to take breaks. We need to stop. We need to hit pause. We need to shut things down and remember these truths about God, that we need that in our lives. And so we need both sides of this. We need to understand this idea of Sabbath, which is... Uh, if you think about Sabbath, you don't hear a lot of talk about it anymore. The culture's kind of pushed it to the side, and we don't really think about what the Sabbath thing. It seems almost outdated in our culture because we're moving and moving and moving so fast all the time. But this is a part of the creation story. This is a part of what God does. And here's what we see him do. He, he stops himself. He creates everything in six days, and he looks at it, he says, it's very good. All the stuff he's made, the creation that he's done, this work that he's done, he says it's good. And then he, on the seventh day, he rests. That's the passage today. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day for all his work that he had done. And so God is setting an example for us of what we should do. You understand, God didn't need to rest. It's not like he created everything six days and said, man, I am so tired. I need to lay down for a little bit. Like God doesn't need to rest. He's not needing anything. He's, he's telling us something about himself and he's telling us something about how life is supposed to look when he rests, when he takes a day off. And so we want to talk about that. We want to try to figure out what that looks like for us. And we want to understand what the Sabbath is. And according to this passage today, here's what I think what we can say about Sabbath. That Sabbath is first, first a blessing from God. That this Sabbath, this rest, and the word Sabbath is like a Hebrew word that, that means rest. Sabbath is a blessing from God. Look at verse 3 in Genesis chapter 2 again. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So God has blessed this day. And what he's done is he's, he's pouring out blessings on his people by, by giving us a day off, by giving us a day of rest, by giving us a day where we can shift gears, slow down, stop, hit pause, and focus. And so God has blessed this day. 
If, if you really stop and think about it what, it, what it looks like God is doing is he's giving us a prescription. He's giving us a prescription for a healthy life. It's a healthy rhythm for life that God is prescribing. And here's that rhythm. Six days of work, one day of rest. God is giving us that as an example. Work six days and take a day off. Stop the work for a day. God did that, even though he didn't need to. He did it because he could do that. And then he gives us that as a prescription. He gives us that as say, hey, here's what a healthy life would look like. Which is interesting, because even in our culture where we value going and going and going and producing more and getting more and obtaining more and making more, in that culture we value that. And then we say, yeah, but we're going to work five days. We're going to have two full days off. We're working for the weekend. But in God's plan and his rhythm for healthy life, like he says it's six days of work and one day off. So maybe you have a five day a week job, that's great. And then you have all these things that you have to do, responsibilities, and so you do them on Saturday and then on Sunday you say, I'm gonna dedicate it as to the Lord. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna embrace the blessing that God has given me. Sabbath is a blessing from God. God blessed this day. And the next thing I think we see in this passage is that Sabbath is a day to focus on God. He blessed the day, the seventh day, verse 3, and he made it holy. That word holy means to be set apart, that God has set apart this day as different from the others. He's made it holy. And so it's a day not just for us to stop, not just for us to just do whatever we want and just kind of take a complete day off and just check out. It's a day specifically, a holy day. God blessed this day so that we can focus on him. So we can turn our attention in a more strategic and significant and focused way on God and his greatness. That's what the Sabbath is for. That's what the rest is for. That's why it's prescribed to us that we work hard for six days and then on the seventh day we stop and we focus on God. That it's a a, a hallowed day. It's a holy day. It's set apart for his purposes and for his glory. And that's what God is doing. When, when God creates the world in six days, he says, this is good. And then God rests on the seventh day. What is God doing on, when he's resting? He's enjoying what he's made. He's enjoying the work that he's done. He's enjoying his creation. He's just appreciating it. And that's the example for us. And so here's what we do. We work hard for six days and we set a day aside. And on that day we rest and we focus on God and we enjoy God. We enjoy his creation. We look to him and glorify him. We worship him on that day. So it's a day that is blessed, but it's also a day that's holy. It's supposed to be set apart to focus on God. So what does that look like? Let me give you some other passages and some other things that we can see as we put this whole biblical picture together of the Sabbath. First, Sabbath is acknowledging God as creator. What we're doing, when we embrace this idea of Sabbath, we are acknowledging God as the creator God. That's, that's where we're starting this passage. Genesis 2 is, makes that very clear, that God created the Sabbath and he gave it to us. And then specifically when he gave it to us, which shows up in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 is, this passage we're looking at, is the, the giving of the Ten Commandments, the giving of the law to the people. And you probably know this, that one of the Ten Commandments is about the Sabbath. It's about remembering the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath. And so Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, I want you to see what God says through the prophet Moses. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. 
On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gate. So you understand there's no cheating, right? You can't say, well, I'm taking the day off, but my company's still running over here. I got, they're, they're working, but I'm Sabbathing. Like, it's everybody shutting it down. It's the biblical prescription here. Verse 11, look at what he says. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So in the giving of the Ten Commandments and instructing us to keep a Sabbath day, to work six days and to take a day off, to focus on God, he grounds it. God grounds that in creation. He grounds it in, this is what God did, you're going to follow him. This is what God did, and so you're going to imitate God. You're going you're to obey God by doing exactly what he did, and you're going to enjoy God's creation on those days. You're going to focus on the greatness of God and bring him glory on the Sabbath day. So Sabbath acknowledges God as creator, but it's not just that. Sabbath also acknowledges God as deliverer. So we're, Sabbath communicates truth to us about who God is and what he's done. And so when we stop on Sabbath, we're communicating that to the world, and we're also learning those things. We're, we're proclaiming and acknowledging these things. So Sabbath acknowledges God as deliverer. So I want you to see another version of the Ten Commandments. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, the Ten Commandments are spelled out again. Deuteronomy, that word literally means the second law, giving the law again. And so in the second time we get the Ten Commandments, the wording about the Sabbath is almost the same, but it's not quite. So I want you to see this. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your ox, your donkey, any of your livestock or the sojourners within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. All that's pretty much the same. Now look at verse 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So in Exodus, God says, remember, God created the world in six days and then he rested. And in Deuteronomy, he says, remember, you were a slave in Egypt and God delivered you out of that. So keep the Sabbath day. Why? Because when you were a slave, you didn't have a choice. When you were in Egypt and you had taskmasters, they made you work when they wanted you to work, and you didn't get a day off, you didn't get any rest, but God is your deliverer. God is the one who sets you free, and so God gives you the freedom and the gift to take a day off, to shut it down. So six days work, seventh day rest. Why? Because God has delivered us. Don't run back to the taskmasters. When we do that, when we're just nonstop, we're just running, 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 never stop working, never disengage, all those different things, what we're doing is we're trying to go back under taskmasters. We're trying to let that rule us again. God has set us free from that. And when we take Sabbath, when we take a day and we dedicate it to the Lord and we shut stuff down for that day, guess what? We're proclaiming our freedom. We're worshiping God in response to what he's done for us, the freedom that he's given us to take a day off. So Sabbath acknowledges God as creator. It's grounded in creation. It acknowledges God as deliverer. It's grounded in our liberation. And then Sabbath also acknowledges God as sanctifier. Man, this is so important. Exodus chapter 31, verse 13. You are to speak to the people of Israel 
and say, God speaking to Moses, above all you shall keep my Sabbath, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. So here in Exodus, God says, Moses, tell the people to keep the Sabbath. And when they keep the Sabbath, they're going to remember and proclaim and acknowledge that I am the Lord and I'm sanctifying you. What does the word sanctify mean? It's the same word for holy. It's set apart. That God has set apart us as his chosen people. And we're supposed to be set apart and look different from all the other people on the earth. Like we're supposed to follow him. We're supposed to live by a different standard. We're supposed to live by his law and his commands and follow him in response to what he's done for us. God has set us apart. He sanctifies us. So when we take the Sabbath, when we make this a rhythm of our life to work six days and rest and dedicate a day day to the Lord, focus on him, here's what we're doing. We're proclaiming that God is the deliverer. We're proclaiming that God is the creator. And we're also proclaiming that God has set us apart. We should rest differently as Christ followers. Our lives should have a different rhythm because we have this gift from God. It should look different. And guys, let's be honest. That's a problem in our culture, isn't it? We have allowed the culture, and I I say we, I mean, I'm talking about Christianity as a whole. We have allowed the culture to push Sabbath out of the picture. We've allowed it to completely crowd out Sabbath. There are no sacred holy days in our culture anymore. I mean, there used to be a time, it wasn't that long ago, right, when nobody did anything on Wednesday nights, and for sure there were no activities on Sundays especially not Sunday mornings. And that's all been pushed to the side. It's just been pushed out where it's almost like it feels like, and I get it because I've been there, that we don't even have a choice anymore. Sabbath has kind of pushed us to the side. The Sabbath has been pushed to the side by our culture. But God has called us to live different. I mean, you read your Bible, you read the New Testament, you see the church forming in the book of Acts, you see all throughout the New Testament, there's no sign, there's no trace of the church just giving in to what the culture says is right. They were in a more hostile environment to Christianity than even we are. The Roman government, the Roman Empire was against the spread of Christianity, shutting it down, persecuting the church in every way that they could. And in the middle of that, they were pushing back the darkness, mainly by living by a different standard. And it's scary to me to think about how we've allowed the culture to push us to the side. We've allowed the culture to push these things like Sabbath to the side. And the culture has claimed these days that used to be dedicated, blessed days focused on the Lord. And you go, man, it's hard. And I get it. There's a lot of demands. I understand it. But what if? What if we just decided that maybe God's word is true? And that we were going to live by this standard. And we're going to make hard decisions and hard calls because we want to focus on that. I'm not talking about, like, you can't ever do anything. I'm just talking about, are we going to allow the culture to push this to the side to where it's completely marginalized? Or are we going to embrace the truth of God's word? Because when we take the Sabbath and when we dedicate a day to the Lord and when we say no to some things that are maybe good things that we say no to because we want to establish this healthy rhythm in our life, we will look different. And when we look different, we bring him glory. We glorify him. People see the difference in our lives. They see the light shining, and they give glory to God as a result. So, 
Sabbath, there's so many things that we could talk about today. Like, obviously, we don't have the time. We're just kind of, in this Genesis study, we're kind of hitting on these topics and going as deep as we can to understand them. And then hopefully throughout the series, we'll give you other resources and point to other resources that will help you. And if you struggle in this and you think, man, I really need to get my mind around this idea of taking a day of rest and God's purpose and design behind it, let me just recommend a book to you, The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. It's phenomenally well-written. He's a great writer. Uh, He engages you all throughout, and he explains in one book just the whole picture of what the Sabbath is and what it's for. The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. In that book, here's what he kind of breaks down Sabbath to this, and he says, here's the golden rule of the Sabbath. That's what he calls it, the golden rule of the Sabbath. Something to remember about the Sabbath, and here's how he describes it. Cease what is necessary and embrace that which gives life. Cease what is necessary. Stop what is necessary. Here's what that means. Stop doing what you have to do. Stop doing what you ought to do. And instead, embrace those things that give life to you, to your soul. Embrace those things. See, I love that because Sabbath is not just about stopping. It's not just about not what we can't do. It's also about pursuing. It's about doing some things that bring life to us. I also love it because it's so broad that it's, it's God working it out through his spirit in every single one of our hearts and our minds. This will look different from you than it will, be, will for me. It, it, it just will. The, the Bible just says, work six days and take a day off. Dedicate that day and focus on the Lord. So that'll look different from you. Some of you, like mowing the grass is just the I have to, ought to, drudgery of a job. And some of you kind of like, that's kind of a change of pace for me. And I come alive when I mow the grass. We call you guys weirdos, but some of you are like that, right? Like, you come alive though. So mowing the grass on the Sabbath, right, is not a ought to, a have to for you. It's kind of a life-giving thing. And there's, that's how this will play out for everybody. All you have to do is just run it through this filter. How do you cease what is necessary? What do you have to do and you ought to do and you eliminate that so that you can focus on the things that give you life and restore your soul? So everybody gets to kind of work this out between you and God. What does this look like for you to stop, to, to push pause and to cease doing what is necessary and embrace those things that give life? That's just a great way to think about the Sabbath. So how does this play out for us? What does this begin to look like in the flow of our lives? And I think the way that I think we can see that is to kind of highlight all the things that Sabbath has given to us for, or at least a good majority of them. And so I'm going to walk through this list and build this list for you. And it's kind of funny I'm making you take a lot of notes on your Sabbath, but like just stay with me and you can process it later. First, Sabbath is for stopping. We've said that. Cease what is necessary. It's for stopping. We talk a lot in the church, right, about pursuing Christ and following Jesus and chasing after him, and all those things are good. We should be pursuing him, but sometimes we have to stop. We have to slow down. We have to, sometimes it's not just pursuing, it's, it's, a, it's a receiving that God wants to give us more of himself and reveal more of himself to us, and sometimes if we're moving too fast, we miss it. Rest of God, Mark Buchanan, he says it this way, some knowing is never pursued, it's only received. And for that, you need to be still. Some knowing of God 
is never pursued, it's just received, and you'll never get it unless you're still. And so we gotta stop. That's why we stop. That's why we cease doing what's necessary so we can focus on what's important, so we can make sure that we're receiving from God once he, what he wants to give us. So Sabbath is for stopping. Sabbath is also for trusting. You cannot take the Sabbath if you don't trust God, especially in our culture. You understand? Like, There's always going to be something else you could do. There's always going to be another email to respond to. There's always going to be another task. There's always going to be something else left on your to-do lists. You're going to have to stop doing some things that are necessary, and in order to do that, you're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to trust that he's in control. You're going to have to trust that his plan is better than your plan. You're going to have to trust him with all your heart and and reject leaning on your own understanding because your own understanding, and you'll have some of it, will tell you that, you know, you got to do this. you got to make sure that's done before Monday. So you got to trust God in order to take a Sabbath. Romans 8, 28, you guys know this verse well. It says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. If you believe that verse, that God is working all things for good for those of us that are called according to his purpose, if you believe that verse, then guess what? You can take a day off. You can rest. You can push those things aside. You could, turn, you could turn your phone off for a whole day. You could not check email. You could not return phone calls. For one day, you could do that. Because God is working all things for good for those who love him. If you don't believe that verse, then you probably ought to get up now and go do something. Like, go on. If you don't believe that, then we need to freak out a little bit. Because this is just another day we're wasting right now. All things work together for good. God is doing that in our lives. Do we believe that? Do we trust him enough to shut it down for a day? Do we trust him enough to say, I'm gonna gonna stop? (laughs) Okay. I'm gonna break a preaching rule right now. Kai, Ryan, don't even pay attention. There are some rules you never break as a preacher, and I'm pretty sure this is one of them. I couldn't find any evidence, but I'm convinced this is one of them. And this this is the rule, that you should never talk about Chick-fil-A while you're preaching on a Sunday because it's just gonna make everybody angry, right? We're gonna be thinking about chicken sandwiches and we're gonna try to go and it's closed. It's always closed on Sunday. So sorry about that, I'm breaking the rule, I'm taking a huge risk. But Chick-fil-A is amazing. Not just because of the chicken, but because they are not open on Sundays, ever. From the very beginning, they said, we're not going to do it. You go to their website, they actually have a page on their website where they explain it, because I'm sure people have been pretty angry and said, what in the world? And they say, we've decided that we're going to take a day off every week so that our employees can rest and they can worship if they choose to. From the very beginning, they decided that they were going to work six and be open six and be closed on the seventh. And so what does that cost Chick-fil-A? Well, you can do the numbers and you can say, well, this is how much Chick-fil-A makes per day. On an average day, this is what they make. And people have done these numbers. There's actually articles about it all over the internet. It's pretty crazy. And there's, by conservative estimates, by being closed every Sunday of the year, Chick-fil-A loses $1 billion of revenue just based on their average. $1 billion that they could have had 
by being open on Sundays. But they made a decision, they made a commitment to live by a different standard to show the, there's a sanctification, there's a set-apart process. So what is, what's the other side of that? Well, Chick-fil-A is number eight. They're ranked number eight in total profit, total revenue for fast food service industry. Number eight, not too bad, especially for not being open on Sundays when everybody else is open all the time. They're number eight. McDonald's is number one. I think that says something sad about us. But number, McDonald's is still number one. Starbucks is number two because their prices are ridiculous, right? Like, it's just coffee. Starbucks is number two on the revenue. Um, number three is Subway because there's one literally everywhere. Uh, it's just sandwiches, but they're everywhere. Number four is Burger King, and I just, I just almost stopped right there. I'm like, really? Number four? Who's going to Burger King? These commercials are weird enough. <laughs> Number six is Taco Bell because college. And I mean, and they're not really, they're, they're number six. They could be number one if they would like charge more than 12 cents for Doritos, Locos, whatever. Like, I don't know what they're doing. And then Chick-fil-A is number eight. It's pretty respectable. But then you do some different numbers and you look at the locations that Chick-fil-A has in the world and they're way behind all the others on locations. And then you do an average per location. And per location, the average that each location brings in moves them up to number one by a long way. $3 million per year per location is what Chick-fil-A brings in. McDonald's is like barely over $2 million per location per year. It's, it's not even close. So why is that? It's because those sandwiches are pretty good. <laughs> and they have a really loyal following. Just mess with them one day and you'll find out, right? They have a very loyal following. But couldn't it be that maybe God is honoring that? Couldn't it be that they trust God enough to say, we're going we're gonna, to, a billion dollars, we're, we're going we're gonna to be happy with the the money he gives us, and we're going to close so our employees can rest, biblical pattern, and if they want to, they can worship. If you're going to Sabbath, you better, you better understand, you're going to have to trust God in order to shut things down. And it may be for some of us, it's a baby step. I'm just going to try this for a month. And try to shut it down for a month, see what happens. See if, see if God will come through, see if this is, if he's trustworthy. Sabbath is for trusting. Sabbath is for paying attention. When we stop and slow down and disengage from some of the things that are distracting us all the time, we get to pay attention in a, in a unique way. And if you really want to think about what that looks like, I think you look at the life of Jesus. If you look at Jesus as a time manager, you would think, man, I don't know if he should ever teach a seminar on that. I mean, what was Jesus doing? His, his purpose, so he had one purpose, to go to the cross and to die on the cross. But every single day kind of looked different. He was like, I'm going to go here. And then somebody says, hey, can you come over here? And he's like, sure, I'll go over here. And then he kind of just interruption after interruption, distraction after distraction. Somebody comes up and asks a question. He goes, that's a good question. Let me tell you a story. Everybody sits down. We start talking about that. Hey, can you heal this? Can you do that? We go to the other side of the lake. Everybody follows him over there. He goes, you know what? I needed some rest, but here's the deal. I'm going to just stop and heal these people. Uh, hey, send them away to go eat. Now let's, let's, let's feed them ourselves. I mean, everything that Jesus does, it looks like it's just kind of no intention behind it. It looks like he's just one distraction, one interruption to the next. Here's what I think you see in Jesus is that he was paying attention. 
We know he had a purpose. We know he had goals and he was going to go somewhere. He, we know he was doing stuff with attention, but he was paying attention as he went. He was paying attention to the needs around him. He was paying attention to the requests. He was paying attention to the people that are around him all the time. Sometimes our running and our moving and our culture causes us to not pay attention. So we shut it down for a day. We dedicate it to the Lord and we pay attention. Who in my family needs some extra attention, some extra time? What, 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 what does this look like for me to spend some more time and do some ministry and things that really need my attention? Sabbath is for paying attention. Sabbath is for resting. It seems obvious the word actually means that. But it's, it's this idea that God rested to give us an example even though he didn't need to. And then he says we should rest to bring glory to him. Now, listen to me. Sabbath is for resting just because God wants us to rest. Sabbath is for resting because God knows we need rest. But don't, don't get it, don't shift away from that and embrace the entitlement in our culture and think that you and I deserve rest or we are entitled to rest. We're not. The gospel tells us that we don't deserve anything. So rest, the Sabbath thing, it's not an obligation that we have to do, another command that we have to follow. It is a gift from God. We don't deserve a day of rest, but God knows we desperately need to rest or we're going to fail at some point, and so he gives us a day off. You can trust him with it. So Sabbath is for resting. I love this one. Sabbath is for playing. One of the signs that you've moved into adulthood is that you forget how to play. Play doesn't, it's not on the radar anymore, and it's one of the saddest things about our adult lives, right? We just forget how to play. And so we, like, in order to really embrace Sabbath, I think there's one category over here. And you understand that all this is under the umbrella of a day dedicated to focus on God. But there's play that's permissible in that. There's, there ought to be a category in our lives for doing something that doesn't really have any usefulness in the end. Like, it's, we're just, just going to enjoy this. Doesn't mean that that's your whole day or your whole every single week. I just I just play the whole day, but I, we, there ought to be a category for just joy flooding into our lives. Jesus talked a lot about how we should be like children, and we always talk about the the childlike faith that they have. But man, children play; they do things just for the sheer, sheer joy of it. Maybe Sabbath is for playing. Sabbath is for restoring. It seems like Jesus' favorite day to heal people was on the Sabbath. I mean, he was fighting with the Pharisees about it all the time. They didn't understand. They made it a rule, a restriction, a, a, a commandment that you had to follow. They were so legalistic in their approach. And Jesus continually pushed them back on that. And he continued to heal and do good on the Sabbath. In fact, one time he's talking to them, and there's a guy that has a shriveled hand, and they're kind of watching to see if Jesus is going to heal him or not because they, wanna, they want another thing against Jesus for breaking the law of the Sabbath. Luke chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus said to them, I ask you, hey, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm? To save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them all, he said to them, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. Jesus restored people on the Sabbath all the time. He brought healing into people's lives all the time. And here's what he'll do. If you'll stop, you'll dedicate a day to him, he'll restore some things in you. That's what he, he promises to do that for us. He wants to restore our soul. He wants to restore us spiritually by us setting apart a day to focus on him 
and he will use you in ministry. He will use you in this restoration process in your world and in the relationships. That's why we come and we serve on Sundays. It's not an obligation. It's not a, a job that we have to do or an ought to do. It's a privilege to join in what God is doing. He's restoring people. The Sabbath is for restoring. And so we can, we can be a part of that ministry by serving on the Sabbath. Sabbath is for listening. It's just this stopping and you get to hear really clearly what God is saying to you in a, in a, in a unique, focused way. That's why we gather together on the Sabbath, on Sunday. The New Testament, when Jesus came out of the grave, they kind of shifted to worship together on Sunday because that was the day he came out of the grave. And so we gather together to listen to God in a more focused way. We should be listening all the time, but on this day, we stop other things. We eliminate distractions. We come together. We sit under God's word so we can really, really listen to him. Sabbath is for listening to really focusing in. Sabbath is for remembering and that's what we're doing. We're remembering God as deliverer. We're remembering that it wasn't out of Egypt that he brought us. It was out of slavery to sin, that he rescued us, that he redeemed us, that Jesus Christ took our death. So we're remembering the gospel together. And the Sabbath is the day. We do that every day. We preach the gospel to ourselves every day. But on the Sabbath, we come together to sing songs where we remember the gospel to proclaim that truth, and we sit under God's word so we remember the sacrifice, what Jesus Christ did to bring us back to God, to make a way there, where there was no way, that he provided forgiveness for our sins. Sabbath is for remembering, and Sabbath is for anticipating. When we stop and slow down and we think about the greatness of God, here's what will happen if, we're really, if we really understand it. We will start to see all of the trials and all of the heartache and all of the difficulties in our lives and all the pain and all the suffering, we'll start to see it in light of eternity. We'll start to see it with a view towards eternity. And here's what Paul says about all of his affliction. He calls them his light and momentary troubles. Why? Because he saw them in view of eternity. He was, oh yeah, this is really, really hard. I've been beaten, I've been shipwrecked, I've been, I've been stoned, I've been all these different things, and it's really, really difficult, but it's light and momentary because I have a view of eternity, and I'm anticipating this day where all eternity I will worship God without any tears, it'll all be removed, no pain, no suffering. And so when we stop, and we think about God, we think about the promise that he's given us, we think about the hope that we have because of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, all of our troubles here become less significant because we're now we're seeing them in view of eternity. So Sabbath is about stopping and remembering the hope that we have in Christ and anticipating the future that we have with him. Cease what is necessary, embrace that which gives life. God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. Let's pray. God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that when the world tells us that we should work harder and do more and never take a break and never take a day off, that you have a different plan, and it is a plan that's best for us to give us rest. And God, I just pray that today that we'll wrestle with this truth that's so countercultural in a way that you will flesh it out for us, that you will speak to us, that you'll lead us, and that we will be doers of the word. We'll take some steps towards this, and not just hearers of the word only. And that you would teach us how to number our days, 
Teach us how to see our days in light of eternity. And you'll teach us how to stop and disconnect and to focus on you and set apart a day to glorify you. And God, we thank you for that privilege and that gift. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.